Hi guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy. How are you guys all doing? I hope you're doing well. We are so close to the end of the week, hallelujah. And this is a long weekend. Oh my gosh, I can taste it. I can smell it. Fourth of July is in the air. Guys, that's what's new with me. I'm so excited for this weekend. I can't wait. I took the day off tomorrow from work. So I am just excited to start my weekend. And if you have one day left of the week, don't worry because after that, I'm sure that you have Monday off. And if not, just celebrate the national holiday and soak it in for all that it is because it's an excuse to have fun, be with friends, eat good food, drink a little if you're able to, enjoy the sun. I don't know what you guys are going to do, but that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this time to de-stress and just have some time for me. I sincerely believe that I deserve it right now. And you know, sometimes that's such a good feeling, a feeling like you've been working so hard and you can just have a break for one second. So I hope that this 4th of July is an opportunity for you to have a break as well. Some other things that are new with me, I've been watching the soccer games. Okay, I've actually only watched one soccer game. I watched the Portugal versus Belgium game, but it was super fun. We watched it this past weekend when my brother was still in town. I'm so sad he's not here anymore. He went back to LA. Now it's just me and my sister holding down the fort with our parents, of course. It's very nice to still have her, I will say, but I miss the whole family unit being together. But anyway, we watched the soccer games. It was so fun. I love watching soccer games, especially outside. There's a pub in Minneapolis that we like to go to to watch the games, and it's so fun. They have really good appetizers. They play the game on a really big screen outside. It's just a really fun environment, and I feel like soccer is one of those games that people just love to get behind. There's such a camaraderie spirit behind it. It's similar to the Olympics because it's worldwide. It is a global game. We love that. Even though the U.S. is not that good at soccer, it's still fun to watch, especially because, you know, we are all from different cultures of the world, so you can always find a team to support. Personally, me and my siblings were rooting for Portugal because my sister's boyfriend is from there, so as long as you have someone to root for, it's a fun time to watch. You just have to pick a side, and then it's very entertaining. That's really all that's new with me. I am just excited to be done with this week and get into Independence Day. Let's celebrate, you guys, and let's kick it off with this episode. So let's get right into what's hot. First up big news. I feel like everyone has been talking about this and it has been everywhere. And since I've brought this up beforehand, I needed to do a follow-up. Britney Spears speaks out about conservatorship for the first time. We now have audio of Britney Spears speaking the things that have been done to her straight to a judge. We've never had this before. I think a lot of people have thought that it's a conspiracy. We don't really know. We haven't heard from Britney. Nobody can really tell from her Instagram if she is even running the thing, if she's coherent and healthy enough to be able to give a statement. And she proved to all of us she most certainly can. She knows what she's talking about. And not only that, I feel like it is worse than anybody thought that it was. Just some background about this and then some of what her family has said from E! News. Brittany commented on Wednesday, June 25th, marking her first public statement about the arrangement since it was put in place in 2008 after she received psychiatric treatment. Her comments made by the phone came amid her court battle to remove her and Jamie Lynn's father, Jamie Spears, as joint conservator of her financial and medical affairs. Brittany accused her dad of being controlling, called the conservatorship abusive, stupid, and requested that it end without her being evaluated by a therapist. Britney's father responded to the comments on Wednesday's court hearing through a statement read by his attorney, which said, Mr. Spears is sorry to see his daughter suffering and in so much pain. Mr. Spears loves his daughter and misses her very much. 
even more family members are getting involved. Britney Spears' brother-in-law, Jamie Watson, husband of Jamie Lynn Spears, is defending the sister's family while showing support for the singer after she spoke negatively of her 13-year conservatorship at the court hearing. He said, I can assure you her family loves her and wants the best for her. I wouldn't be around people who weren't, who wouldn't want to be in support of Britney. This is crazy. There's so much back and forth. If you guys remember last year, maybe you don't because I didn't report on this, but last year, Jamie Lynn Spears stated, you have no right to assume anything about my sister, and I have no right to speak about her health and personal matters. She is strong, badass, unstoppable woman, and that's the only thing that is obvious. So, so much back and forth, but I think what is so clear now is that Britney Spears is so aware of what's going on and so aware that she doesn't want to be a part of this anymore. She spoke so much about being quiet, and she thought that being quiet and not ruffling feathers and not speaking up about this was the thing that was going to make it just go away or just get a little bit better. But it's not. She said that her dad loved the control that he had over her, that they have so much control over her that she's not even allowed to get her IUD out of her body. That is insane, and it's just wild. When you hear her talk, I listen to the whole thing, She's so aware, you guys. Like, she knows what's going on. She was very articulate, which, I mean, she was reading from a paper. But still, even if she wasn't the one that wrote this, you can tell in her voice how passionate she is about the things that she's talking about. She was speaking so fast just to try to get everything out. I mean, that's my personal opinion. I just feel like she definitely is done with this. She needs a change. I obviously have no idea about her mental state past what we've been told from the public, from her, from the lawyers, from everybody else. But the bottom line is, I don't think anybody that can say the statements that she said in the way that she said them should have somebody else be 100% in control of her life. And when I say 100%, I mean 100%. She's not allowed to drive anywhere with her boyfriend. She's not allowed to just go out somewhere. She's obviously not allowed to get things out of her body. She has to take so many medications, including she stated that she was on lithium, which is crazy. I mean, I don't know. Again, I am not a doctor, but something about this does not seem right. Even the statements being made by the surrounding parties involved in this, they just seem so flat. They seem like such a general statement that you would make about somebody that you barely know. Like if this was about your daughter... I feel like he would have more to say than what he's saying, than just this general jargon put out by a lawyer. I don't know. I just feel like this has gone so far. She's been under this conservatorship for so long. I talked about this so much more in depth in my Lucky Strike episode. So if you want to hear more opinions that I have about this, go listen to that. I'm glad that she finally got to say her piece. I'm glad that she got to speak out. I hope that something changes from this. If nothing else, I just feel like her father should be taken off of her conservatorship 100%. Just get a new person or have it be dissolved. I don't know what the solution is, but it's clearly not what's being done right now. That's just my opinion. If you have a different one, go off in my DMs. I cannot stop talking about Britney. You guys, I feel like this is a hot topic of our generation. The free Britney movement has gone so far, and I feel like it's gotten people talking about not just Britney, but also the idea of a conservatorship, what that means, the problematic aspects of it, So many different things that I feel like were never spoken about before. And yeah, maybe things need to be challenged and shaken up a little bit in this sphere. Anyways, that's my rant on the Britney situation. Done with that. Let's move right into our next hot topic because I could literally talk about that forever. So I'm just going to pull myself out of it. 
Next hot topic, I have some Olympic news for you guys, and this Olympic news is a trifecta. Obviously, guys, we're talking about fashion in the Olympics, and this story is the Olympic athlete Allison Felix launches her own shoe brand. According to Vogue, Allison Felix, who has nine medals and is one of the most decorated track and field Olympians in its history, qualified for her fifth Games. This summer, she's expected to compete in the 400-meter category, her last time competing at the Olympics and her first time competing as a mother. She states, I want to show my daughter, Cameron, that we do things with character, with integrity, and that we don't give up. I'm proud to have fought to make it to this moment. Felix gave birth to her daughter, Cameron, in 2018, and she has since been candid about her recovery and struggles while returning to training. In 2019, she broke up with then-sponsor Nike due to the circumstances related to her childbirth, sharing in a powerful New York Times op-ed that she faced a 70% pay cut in her sponsorship because of it. She states, During my pregnancy, I faced a gender injustice that I couldn't run from. My employer, Nike, did not support my maternity in a way that I could be proud of. With no big shoe sponsor this year, Felix decided to take matters into her own hands, but instead of finding the right performance shoe, she decided to channel her frustrations into creating an athleisure sneaker under her new brand, Seish. The brand launches with their Seish One sneaker, which retails for $150 and is currently available for pre-order. Felix wanted its design to be comfort-oriented, more athletic-inspired than a true performance style, but still elegant in looks. A little bit more on this... She says, typically in footwear, shoes are built for men, sized down, and recolored for women. We understand the true proportion and need of a woman's foot. I just think that this is a really interesting story. I don't know the extent of the partnership with Nike and how that fizzled out. But either way, I think that this is super powerful for an Olympian to make their own brand of athleisure because they know it best. I also love what she said about shoes being created for women by women because it's true so many of these shoe companies are male dominated and let's be honest you don't know a woman's foot and needs of their feet as well as a female would. So I just think that that's cool that she's entering into this space. It feels like such a perfect fit especially being a track and field Olympian. I mean seriously I don't think that there would be any person better to design a shoe brand than a track and field Olympian. Shoes are their gold and glory. So if you want to check them out, definitely do so. They seem very sleek, modern, aesthetic, very clean vibe. Go find out for yourself if you like the brand. Again, it's called Sage, S-A-Y-S-H. Next up in the Olympic news, and again, following the fashion theme. If you guys didn't know this, because this did come out in April, but you know, we're not all up to speed on what's happening in the Olympics, and now that it's really coming to the forefront, the trials are happening, we are so close, we need to know what these Olympians are wearing. And I'm here to tell you, Ralph Lauren released the first images of 2021 U.S. Olympic team's uniforms. According to Slate, the outfits which the athletes will wear at the closing ceremony of the Tokyo Games include white jeans, white polo shirts, and white windbreakers. Ralph Lauren has been making Team USA's opening and closing ceremony uniforms since 2008. Okay, now I got this info from Slate, but I'm not going to keep reading because they are very clearly opinionated about these outfits, and I'm just trying to tell you guys the news here and give you guys my opinion. So, Slate's opinion aside, my opinion on these very preppy, very quote-unquote American looking, and very Ralph Lauren. I mean, let's think about this. It's polos, it's white, it's red, it's blue. 
It's American, you guys. What can I say? I feel like Ralph Lauren is one of the most American-looking brands, and they've been doing this since 2008, so they do have a little bit of history on their side. I will say my favorite part about this is the jacket. I would love a jacket. There's something kind of spacey about it, which, I mean call me crazy but if anything looks like it's supposed to be for space i want it you guys know me i love space so anything that looks like space it's for me it's not totally space driven but it kind of has the same vibe maybe that's just the vibe because some of the pictures that came out have them looking a little bit like astronauts i'm not gonna lie so i like that aspect of it the polos not necessarily for me i personally like something a little bit more stylized but again it's ralph lauren what do we expect very preppy. I just felt like I should bring this up, one, so that I knew what these looked like going into the ceremony. I mean, it's a very important part. The fashion of the Olympics is like a whole nother category. It's similar to music, I feel like. Music at the Olympics, fashion at the Olympics, it's like subsections of the Olympics that I feel like people forget about, but very important, especially when you're thinking back in history, what did they wear for these Olympics? And also, it kind of goes into fashion trends. That's just how fashion works. If people are wearing them on the big stage, people then trickle that down onto the smaller stage. These are going to be vintage and very cool in 20 years. Let's just remember that. But yeah, like I said, jackets are cool. Everything else is kind of meh, expected. What isn't expected is my next and last story about the Olympics, and this will round out our what's hot section. You guys, I know it's a lot of Olympic content, but what can I say? Can you blame me? It is the 4th of July this weekend. Lest us not forget, we are celebrating America, and that's our team. Unless you have other teams, which I fully respect because I also have other teams as well. Again, we have culture over here, you guys. But I am from the U.S., as are a lot of you guys, so let's talk a little bit more about them. Kim Kardashian announces that her shapewear company Skims is creating the official Team USA undergarments, pajamas, and loungewear for the 2021 Olympics. On Monday, via an Instagram post, she said, Ever since I was 10 years old, I've heard every single detail about the Olympics from my stepdad. As I would watch the athletes compete, I would grow to understand the dedication and honor being a part of the Olympics embodied. I traveled with my stepdad and family to all different cities for the Olympic trials, the Olympics and track meets of Caitlyn Jenner's, and at every stop I would buy an Olympic t-shirt as a souvenir. When I received a call inviting Skims to be a part of Team USA, Every moment I've spent admiring the strength and energy of the Olympians from the sidelines came full circle. I am honored to announce that Skims is designing the official Team USA undergarments, pajamas, and loungewear for the athletes this year in Tokyo, and the same pieces will be available in a capsule collection at skims.com. This is so exciting to me for so many reasons. One, I'm a Kardashian fan. If you're not, that's okay. But I do support Kim Kardashian in a lot of her business ventures. That's not to say that I support everything that she does, that I support everything the family does, but I personally think that Skims and their mission is pretty awesome and inclusive, and I feel like they're just growing and growing, and this, to me, legitimizes them even more. They're already in Nordstrom. I'm a fan of Nordstrom, but now they're doing the Olympics. That is a huge stage, so many eyes, so much support, and the fact that we as consumers are also able to buy these pieces is awesome. I definitely want to buy them. If you guys want to see what the collection looks like, check it out, skims.com. Also, they've been posting a lot on the Instagram for it. It's pretty cool, you guys. Very exciting fashion news coming out of the Olympics this year. You know that that's what we love to see. 
all the sports behind it are such a bonus. I happen to love the Olympics. Again, something for all of us to rally behind as a world. All right, guys, let's get into what's good because I have something first and foremost that I need to talk about, and that is the WeWork documentary on Hulu. If you haven't seen it, I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it, but I'm going to talk to you guys about it, and that's why I wanted to put it in the what's good section because even though I don't think that it was awesome, I am a personal fan of documentaries like this. If nothing else, just to be able to critique it, to have conversations surrounding it, I feel like documentaries like this allow for so many different talking points among friends, among family, among coworkers. They're just such interesting ideas that I think come to life a lot within these documentaries and put them in a very snackable form, if you will, something that's very easy to digest. So the WeWork documentary, here are my thoughts. If you haven't watched it yet, I'm kind of just going to go off on a rant here. Some of it might not make sense to you if you haven't seen it, but you can watch it, then listen back to this portion. Maybe you'll share some of my sentiments about it. We'll see. First of all, the full title of it is WeWork or the Making and Breaking of a $47 Billion Unicorn. That's a dramatic title and the content that followed very much aligned with the dramatization of that title. Here's the summary of the documentary. The rise and fall of one of the biggest corporate flameouts and venture capitalist bubbles in recent years. The story of WeWork and its hippie messianic leader, Adam Newman. Like I said, this was drama, 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 but with that comes entertainment. So kind of hard to have one without the other. But I have to say that it seemed like they were trying to make this so much of a bigger deal than it was. Basically what happened, a company failed Investors lost money. People were sad about the, quote, broken promises that apparently Adam Newman gave to them. He gave them a sense of purpose, a new way of life, living together, working together in a very collaborative way. He sold them on an ideology. And I feel like people didn't realize the ones that drank the juice or whatever. They didn't see that this was actually just a company, a guy trying to make money. And it's fine if you like that ideology, if you want to work in a space that you also live in and you have this very collaborative space, that's awesome. It sounds good in practice and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just at the end of the day, you're still putting money towards a workspace. Okay, like I get if there's meaning behind it for you, but it's still a workspace. That's what you're buying or it's an apartment just because it has the we name behind it doesn't make it something different than what it is and I feel like that's what a lot of these people in this documentary were blaming this guy for like oh he sold us he told us we were gonna have this great thing this great life and then he lied he lied to all of us and he was just trying to make money and it wasn't really about the camaraderie of it all and it's like didn't you realize that that's what you were buying into Yeah, he was a businessman. He was a salesman. He was charismatic. They use that word so many times in the documentary. Adam Newman, he was so charismatic. He was such a seller. He could sell you anything. I'm not really sure how the public feels about this documentary, but I just feel like a lot of people's feelings got hurt, and that was the bottom line. If I was an investor, I would just be upset because I would have lost money because he was basically just using this investment money to make it bigger and bigger, but he couldn't sustain that without these huge, huge, huge investments. So if one fell through, the company goes bankrupt. Like, that's literally what happened. I just feel like the documentary portrayed it so much more like he was 
very deceiving and even in the summary of this thing he's a hippie leader just because somebody talks a certain way and sells what they have a certain way doesn't mean they're automatically a part of a cult that's just my two cents on it you obviously can have a very different opinion i would suggest watching it just to see what i'm talking about if you haven't seen it yet this guy adam newman he really does seem like quite a character but so does everyone else in his life and also so did the people that were working for him they were like die-hard fans of Adam Newman, and that part was the weird part about it. Like, these people were so behind him in so many ways, and then all of a sudden, snap, they're done with him. So, I don't know, it almost seems like there's more to this story that we weren't even getting, but it did seem like they were trying to stretch, like, far and wide to try to make this as corrupt as possible, and there were corrupt aspects of it, but I did not feel like it was the most corrupt situation in the world. It felt like some shady business, which I feel like happens a lot. Not saying it's good. I'm just saying this doesn't make this story so much crazier than any other ones that I've heard. But also, I think it's really interesting to watch this documentary and then think about how we're just doing the same thing in different ways in our society right now. This was a very millennial point of view, the co-working, co-living, all-in-one environment, and that's very much still happening. The co-living working situation, Lifetime, the fitness corporation, they launched one of their own. I'll read this to you guys. It's straight from their website. Lifetime launches first-of-its-kind Lifetime Living, fully integrated luxury leased residence with Lifetime Athletic Resort and Spa and Lifetime Work. Okay, this was like two years ago, but also I think some of these might have been delayed because some were opening in 2020 in Las Vegas, Miami, and Dallas. And it's literally the same thing as what WeWork was doing, except the central focus of this is fitness and the central focus of WeWork was work. But there's still a workspace in this lifetime living situation. So it's the same thing, just a different start focus. And I feel like it's not being led by a person like Adam Newman, so it seems less woo-woo, you know? I feel like people are more on board with this and think that this is more normal when it's the same thing, just done a little bit more legally. I don't even know the legalities behind all of this. I just know that that documentary was crazy dramatized, and that's what happens when people love one person as much as they loved Adam Newman so many disappointments. What can I say? People can't hold the world on their shoulders, you guys. They just can't. And it's worse when you say that you can, and then people realize that you can't. Expectations. Such failed expectations. Anyways, that's my rant on that documentary. We work, again, on Hulu. Watch it if you want. If you don't want to and you feel like you just got your fix, there you go. I gave you a little bit of a rundown of the whole thing. Let's get right into our next What's Good topic. There is a new podcast out called Drama Queens. It is with the girls of One Tree Hill, Hillary Burton Morgan, Sophia Bush, and Bethany Joy Lenz, Peyton, Brooke, and Haley. You guys, I loved this show. I love these girls. And so far, I love this podcast. I've listened to their intro and the first episode, and it was so good. I don't know. I've never listened to a rewatch podcast, but there's something about this that I really, really like, and I feel like now I should probably explore some more because I think I like these a lot. The episodes come out on Sundays. They talked about their casting experience. They're going to have guests on the show that were on One Tree Hill. They're going to talk about all different things relating to the show. I just feel like I miss these three girls so much. You know when you watch a show and you just get so invested in the characters? 
and then you hear them in real life and they're not that far off from their characters it's kind of like you get to watch them or listen to them all over again which is super fun and then now you also get to see how they react to watching themselves on screen which is just such a unique thing that's what i love about podcasts too you would never really get that information except for maybe an interview from them. But even in this medium, they can now speak freely. It's on their own terms. They can talk through it. They can feel like it's more conversational. I just feel like we're going to get really cool content out of them, and I'm really, really excited to be listening. Again, on Sundays, call Drama Queens. If you're a One Tree Hill fan, I feel like you're going to like it. It really surprised me. Check it out. Next up on What's Good is something to make your summer even better. I've talked about summer so much in the past two episodes, but this is just a continuation. This is a product that you need if you have a pool or you're by a lake or you're by an ocean, a blow-up pool floaty, specifically the Popsicle Lounge Float. It's at Target. If you want to see what it looks like, check out my Instagram because yes, absolutely, it is there right now. You guys need this. It's so cute. It's perfect for 4th of July. It is the exact colors of the American flag. You need one. Go get one. It will make the summer vibes flow through the pool, flow through the ocean. Check it out at Target. The actual name is Popsicle Lounge Float. So just type that in. You'll find it real quick. Last up for what's good are our songs. First up, Closure by Sarcastic Sounds, Birdie, and Michal so good brand new as of last week next america's sweetheart by l king and lastly american teen by khalid as you can tell there were some american theme songs there and furthering that theme let's get into need to know basis because as we head into the fourth of july holiday independence day i thought it made some sense to talk about our own individual independence what it means to be independent and tips to getting there Let's go guys. First up, what does it even mean to be independent? I feel like it means having agency, relying on yourself to make decisions and trusting in those decisions. Also financial independence, being able to provide for yourself and not necessarily rely on somebody else to have that freedom to live the life that you want to live. Also emotional independence is another form, just being able to really be in tune with your emotions to know yourself so well that you know the next step in your emotions. You know how you're going to react. You know your initial expectations. You know the things that are not so great about yourself. You know the things that are amazing about yourself. And you really fully understand that and use that to the benefit of yourself and those around you. There are so many different avenues where you can practice and see independence. But I think it really comes down to confidence, experience, assurance in yourself, and what you're doing. So how do we get there? First off, understand your own strengths. This will allow you to surround yourself with those that complement them best. And then those that don't complement them that well, you can figure out why and actually have a true understanding of maybe why you don't get along with certain people, about how to maybe better empathize or just use your strengths differently. Another way to find your own independence, question your own ideas and beliefs from time to time. There is growth and change and allowing yourself to think about why you think the way that you think or the way that you act the way that you act. Thinking about this can lead to internal critical thought and maybe even a realization that you've been following the thinking of others instead of your own. Keep asking why. Again, back to the decision making, make your own decision and trust in those decisions. 
This is something that I feel like I struggle with. I can be very indecisive at times. But when you can just fully trust yourself and have confidence in yourself that you're doing the right thing, that no matter what path you take, it's the right thing to do, that's going to lead to more fully formed independence. Also, don't be too hard on yourself. That helps with independence too. Not every failure is bad. A lot of them we can learn from. We've talked about that so much in other episodes. But just remember that you're human. It's okay to make mistakes. Even if you're the most confident person in the world, you're so sure of yourself, you know how to make decisions, all of these things, you're still going to fail from time to time. And that's okay. Just don't be too hard on yourself. My real last tip for this is that independence does not mean being alone. I think that we confuse those a lot. It means being sure enough in yourself to let others in, to help, inspire, compliment your own independence. Ask for help. Learn from others. Take advice and rely on the people that you trust. There is so much power in the ability to ask, the ability to compromise, the ability to work together with people while still being assured in your own independence. They can all exist at the exact same time. And if you find that independence, you'll likely be a better resource and teammate and partner to the people in your life. You'll be able to help them, inspire them, and complement their independence. So this 4th of July, this Independence Day, let's all make a promise to ourselves to just try and be those independent, amazing selves that we are while still being around people that we care about and that we trust and ask for their help. There is so much power in people. You just have to find your own independence so you're not only a resource for yourself, but also a resource for them. And that is how the world goes around people. Everyone just work on their independent self and then we'll all be better together. I know that sounds so kumbaya, but I don't even care because it's true. And that's the perfect way to end the episode and go into the weekend because we are going to have an amazing 4th of July, every single one of us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I truly hope that you get to spend time with people that you love, watch fireworks, eat some good grilled food, have some fun in the sun. Let's all have in-sync independence. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. (laughs) 